Hello, and welcome to the Black Door Music Argument. Today, I'm Karsten. And I'm Barry. And fun story, this is the second time we've started this because the first time Karsten didn't plug his microphone in and decided to go ahead and just give it a try anyways. Well, it could have been funny. I mean, just with the one voice uh, going off, um, something no one else could hear. It's I much mean, like tos- talking to me normally. The best part was that was I said, I mean, and you just cut me straight off and said, it's much like talking to me normally. So it was like so perfectly timed for anybody <laughs> that didn't capture that. So what we're talking about today, a um, little bit of backstory. If you're a reoccurring listener, then you know that Carrie and I are right now working on a series on Blink-182. We're going through the entire the entire catalog of their music, um, of their albums. Well, Barry found out and he was super left out. Yeah, I was and, like, and we heard his Blink-180 who? Yeah. Oh, man, it was terrible. And after many, many a tearful text from, from Barry... Um, he was like, well, shit, I've got a series I want to do as well, but I don't necessarily want to do it with you. I just want think we should do it. And I'll be damned if it isn't a great idea. We acknowledge up front that we have a lot of opinions about music. And although we do research things and we read a lot and we learn a lot about influences, it's different than those who were actually there in the moment in the time. And so where this idea came from, and I'm just going to keep talking because, you know, that's my thing. But Barry, you can't cut me off at any point. We were talking about music like Zeitgeist. And that's really what our franchise is, Zeitgeist. It's the spirit of the age, German words. And, and really what we're talking about is we can read about metal bands in the 80s. And we can listen to the music. But the fact of the matter is I was born halfway through the 80s. I am never going to understand the full extent of 80s metal. The same way as someone who actually was there, listening, living through it, etc. Right. My first metal album was Metallica Black, which is arguably not a metal album. So, Which is, again, an argument for another day. I think my first metal album was um, Backstreet Boys Millennium. <laughs> yeah, you got me beat, buddy. Honestly, I was trying to think of a boy band album, and I couldn't go with NSYNC self-titled because that wouldn't pop in my head. But Millennium, which of the Backstreet Boy albums, not the real winner, personal opinion. Well, okay. also my favorite uh, Windows uh, release. So. <laughs> there we go. And this has been Nerd Talk with Barry and Carson. So really, Sorry, you probably are whole... too young for that. No, I used it. Man, <laughs> I, I joined on the Windows. Well, I, I won't say I was exclusively Windows because I... I I was around Max. I was a computer nerd when I was young. Right. I was recently talking to a coworker about how, yes, I went to computer camp when I was like eight or nine years old. Um, and then I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast, but there was an ISP that was run by Oregon Libraries. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's who I had the contact through. Um, and we had that dial-up internet from them. And somehow, for reasons, I got involved with them to go to trade shows to talk about getting people to sign up for dial-up internet through this. So we need a kid this... that looks like he's been to computer camp. That guy, right? What's your yeah, name? That guy. It's Carsten, he's pretty ugly. Sir. Yeah. So yeah, when I was like ten to thirteen, I was like, I'm the one that figured out how to like. I, uh, we needed to upgrade things. I you just learn. You kind of have to. And there's a little bit of the, oh man, we need the toilet fixed. I'll figure it out. Well, yeah. it is, I'll figure it out. 
computer was no different. <laughs> I wanted to be able to illegally download music as quickly as possible. Just kidding. I always paid for all my music. Never, ever, ever would I ever think about using one of those nasty services like Napster. But I would literally hang out at these trade shows. And in my head, I think whoever thought of this was just fucking stupid. Because thinking about it now, you know what we really need? We need a condescending child to tell old adults that they don't understand the internet. Yeah. Because that's essentially what happened. Where I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Just talk about how cool the internet is. Show them websites. Teach them things. Which I think that that is like an interesting idea. But having a young child try to get people who are going to trade shows to jump in. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Anyways, uh, so... When you're talking about things around different different time periods, you will understand a part of it. Like, for example, I mentioned Napster. I'm sure that there are people both older and younger that are aware of Napster. But if you never used Napster, you're never going to fully understand what the <laughs> what was going on inside of there. If you've never you can, seen if you've never seen the the like the headlines in the newspaper about people who now own twelve million dollars to Metallica because they had Na- Napster on their fucking computer, and you're like, oh shit, I need to throw away hardware. I mean, it's just it's a whole thing. Like, and and, and those are the things that we want to have here. And and for me, some of it's just. We have a pretty good spread of age across this podcast. I mean, nothing like insane, but we have a we have we have a we have a good gap. But it's still different when I talk about listening to, you know, 90s music. I mean, yeah, I grew up during that time period, but there's a difference when you're in elementary school, middle school listening to music versus when you're in high school and actually, you know, on your own being able to go to concerts, not needing your mom and dad to drop you off or essentially sign a permission slip allowing you to, you know, whatever. These create different musical experiences. Well, you know, and I always thought, you know, the concerts are one thing, but, you know, at least where I lived, out in, you know, rural Minnesota mostly, you, you when you get a driver's license, you suddenly get to choose the soundtrack of your life. Whether yeah. that's cassettes or your CD player or just the radio stations you choose, you get to like when you go went and had that fight with your best friend since since kindergarten, and you're listening. What are you listening in on to uh, you know on the way back? Slayer or Mariah Carey? You know, you picked it. What 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 is it going through your mind at that time? Are you sad or are you just pissed and want to kick him in the face? You know, yeah. with the first time you made out with a girl or the first time you know she got dumped by a girl. What was on the radio? What was on, you know, what cassette was in there? Yeah, I said cassette. I'm that old. Anyway, I mean, I think, you know, getting that driver's license, choosing that soundtrack of your life, which nowadays people can do just willy nilly without having to actually spend a lot of money. You know, we had to go to White Mart and Pomida and buy cassettes or CDs, you know, and then eventually Kmart came to town and we and, really and, felt like a, mono- you know, a huge city. And, and I think that the, the thing for you is like, again, this ties back exactly to where we're going with is, so your whole freedom was the car. For me, I started getting cassettes and headphones at a pretty young age. I remember right around that, I think I got my first cassette player when I was four, and it was supposed to only play these cassettes that were like the pre-approved cassettes that played like kids' books. Sure. But I realized there was a notch that if you just 
get rid of that notch from the cassette player, <laughs> yeah, it'll play anything. It was just designed with the cassettes that had that notch. Right. So, you know, rip that thing out. And then you have a little more freedom. And for me, when you talked about getting music, it was so much more about like who had what. I was taping things off the radio. I was, yep. you know, someone had a cassette who, you know, like I had a double deck that my parents had. And honestly, it's one of those looking back. I never understood why they had a double deck other than for <laughs> me to be able to duplicate things. Someone had a cassette. No, no, no. We have a cassette. That's exactly. essentially the way it worked. And then you create your 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 mixtapes. Now, again, there's a difference between the mixtapes of teenagers in the 80s versus a 90s kid who is, you know, again, upper elementary, who's just creating mixtapes of whatever. And you're like, I just really hope that when I tape this thing off the radio, the DJ will shut the well, fuck I up because that's really what I want. So when I graduated, I got this. Iowa, A-I-W-A, three, yeah, yeah, yeah. 3D CD, uh, CD carousel with a double tape deck. And you could, it, it had the uh, ability to sense tracks on the tape deck. So I can I could put a combo tape, the target tape, could take tracks from all three ca- uh, CDs and the cassette, and I could program it. And it would take, like, depending on how complicated it was, two hours. But that was like the first time I could actually like, you know, record it. And it wasn't like some weird thing with clicks and stuff because it paused the Mm -hmm. tape instead of hit stop in between it. Uh, And uh, yeah, I was feeling pretty cool, even though that was about the time that my last cassette deck in my car broke and I replaced it with a CDs. So really, I think that the, the pro and the con of this whole thing is we're going to find out a whole lot about how we ingested music, which I love hearing about. And again, I recognize my children who have Apple Music at their disposal are fucking spoiled beyond belief to that. There are things I love about it, and there are things I hate about it. I love the fact that they would literally send me a track and be like, you've got to check this thing out. It's literally how I heard the soundtrack. There's an album that uh, or a song that... um, Jeez, like Wiz Khalifa, Ty Dollars, someone else did uh-huh. for um, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. It's called Speed Me Up. Dude, it is a jam. It is so good. <laughs> and I got that from my kids sending me stuff. Like, it, it's a whole different thing. And my oldest is eight. Like, it, it, it's so different. But where this all rolls back to is how you experience the music at that time can be so different and it impacts how that music formulates what you feel and really what drives that whole music genre time period the zeitgeist at the time right. so really where i think a lot of this came from is we were talking about 80s metal was that what you were talking about yeah i was i was thinking like there are some people like who treat their old cassettes of 80s metal slayer and you know who have all, all, all mm-hmm. kinds of bands that like sound familiar because you know it I, I remember seeing Iron Maiden, you know, posters everywhere when I was like in early elementary school, but yeah. I don't really know what they made. And then I was listening to a, a tape with my brother-in-law in his truck and I was like, Oh, I love this song. He's like, yeah, Iron Maiden. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, then the last time we brewed, I was like, Hey, what kind of music do you want to listen to? And so we, uh, we created a Pandora music, uh, station based on what he wanted to listen to. And it just, he's like, ah, oh, this is a great track. This is a great track. What do we listen to? I was like, Pandora. And he's like, ah, oh, I got to try that out. Uh, and it was, so it was playing all this 80s metal and stuff. What that I, I love is 
even though you're talking about your your I don't know with the friend relative whatever you still have that stereotypical like yeah dude oh yeah crank it up you know yeah and whenever you talk in his voice it becomes that that <laughs> traditional metalhead here yeah oh we're tra- yeah I gotta try that out <laughs> well look he's never met a shirt that didn't need its sleeves cut off so <laughs> but I think that's really what we're trying to get to. How does all of this play together and how are we, what, what is the filter that we look at music through and where are our blinders at? Yeah. And so what we're looking to do is from people who have contacted us, people who we know or who people who will contact us, wink, wink, <laughs> we want to try to bring people together to kind of explore some of those things that we are missing out on in the zeitgeist to help us understand and explore music in different ways. So I know of one person who talked to me about they really, really, really want to come on and talk about like the rise of rhyme sayers in Minnesota hip hop. And sounds great. I will tell you, in terms of Minnesota hip hop, yeah, I'm I'm moved here. Uh I wasn't around for it. I have very little <laughs> feet on the ground experience with it. I am aware of a number of the artists, but it's not the same. And, and I think that that's, again, we're, we're, we're searching out these people, and you're going to start hearing these episodes as this Zeitgeist series continues. And if you know of someone who you think we should talk to, and this can be anything, you know, let us know. We'd love to talk with people. Yeah, like, Somebody who actually likes, you know, say Bob Dylan or something. Yeah. I mean, people, examples that I do not want to talk to is my father who talks about how his favorite, his favorite time period in music is the 60s, but only listens to ABBA. (laughs) It's not more the 70s. It's not a joke. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. The math does not add up at all. Not at all. I, I I always remember my dad. He's like. You know, everybody who thinks they like 60s music really likes early 70s music. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, like 60s music is mostly like pop, you know, you know, you know, all these little, you know, think early Beatles and it's all that Mm -hmm. poppy stuff. It's like, but when you get into the psychedelics and all that stuff and, you know, guitars that are, are distorted, that's all like 1968 to 75. Now, I, I will put a correction in place just in case any of you guys happen to run into my father. He listens to musicals, uh-huh. operas, sure. and then after, like, I was an adult, he found this awesome band, ABBA, and that's where his love came from it. So I do not remember ever having, like, ABBA played in the house when I was a child, nor so a radio station that would have had ABBA, His favorite- but, like... His favorite entertainment then now is Mamma Mia, the musical. Uh, so he was a theater professor, so I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I think that like, I think he likes a lot of those things separate. But yeah, no, he 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 has a PhD in theater, so he's he's pretty snooty about his uh his musicals <laughs> and his operas and operettas and clarifying the difference between. This is technically an operetta. It's an early American operetta, not a. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, we get it. You got a PhD. <laughs> Flex. How is he? How does he feel towards uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber? 
why don't we save this for a topic and maybe we'll see if my father ever wants to do an episode oh. with us on musicals. We should get Evan to do that. Yeah, Evan and your dad. And I just want to oh, be there God, for witticisms and, and shitty remarks. I don't even want to do work. I just want to be there to, to kind of go. Yeah, I'll set up the microphone and I won't be there. You yeah. guys do whatever you want. Cause, yeah. yeah, that could be fun. But really, that's really what this episode is. It's just the setup to the Zeitgeist series. And... I see all kinds of horrible directions this can go, and I'm excited for every <laughs> single one. Yeah, and and I mean, this is one of those things, too, where it's like going back in the past, you know, you would have your collections of tapes and know what music was, and then you'd get in somebody else's car, and there'd be like five tapes that you'd never seen before, you know, because... All Rush. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what the fuck is Rouge? Oh, I'm sorry, it's Rush. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> they were just drawing the umlauts over the U because uh, they they thought that was cool because they got a Motorhead tape. Well, okay, so real quick, not trying to go into too many tangents, that is assuming that someone labeled things correctly because if your friends were anything like my friends, yeah. if it was a tape, it was never labeled what it was. Oh, okay. It was like dope ass mix one. What's that? Oh, it's. You know, it's the President of the United States of America album. Is it a mix? No. It's just like a straight rip of the album. Why the fuck would you call it that? I don't know, because I thought I was going to do a mix, and oh. I just wanted, you know, I just wanted the first track, and then I realized I wanted the second track, and then eventually it just became the whole thing. Why don't you relabel it? Hey, do I tell you how to label your tapes? Okay, we get, we got a couple minutes. Let's just go down tape nerdity here, okay, for a second. Okay, let's do because it. I, What's your preferred brand of tape when you were making mixtapes? Memorex. Hmm. Um, but I, and I I got that from my dad, probably because I got a bunch of Memorex tapes from him and then kept mm -hmm. buying Memorex. Now, the difference is when I got the tapes from my dad, they were Memorex 60s and mm -hmm. always recorded on SP and, mm -hmm. and played on things with you know Dolby noise reduction. And then I would get my grubby little hands on Memorex and put it on EP and who knows what kind of bullshit machine I was copying tapes onto. And I was like, how come my tapes sound like there's like a jet fighter going off the whole time? And and your tapes sound as clear as the record. And my dad's like, it's all in how you record things, my son. And then he told me about Dolby Noise Reduction, which is a brilliant invention. Um, and also... But the best part of that is if you ever have the tape that breaks and you just put like a little piece of scotch tape, you're oh. like, this is good enough. And right in the middle of this song, you're like, I don't yeah. know, like, give me some loving or something. It's like, give me some... Give me some... <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, those, right back into it. Those like, it's fine. Those wouldn't even be allowed in my dad because my, my dad heard me playing a cassette in his stereo once and he's like, what the hell? And he took it out and he saw the tape. He's like, if the gum from this tape gets on the wheels of my cassette player, it is fucked. And I'm like, oh, oh okay, okay. He's like, you go record this on something quality and then you can play it on my cassette deck. So, yeah, no, he, he was, uh, but that's the thing. I knew a lot of people who took shitty, you know, like, RCA cassette players and held it up to a separate radio to record off the off the radio when you're doing your singles. <laughs> yeah. Well, my dad had the you know the the receiver hooked up to the tape deck so you could record off. So it was a tape loop, you know, it was a full you could record off and yeah. then play back in. So so I could record without having to go through speakers. So I would I would actually get really good recordings. And we also had a 120 foot antenna outside our house. 
So our local FM stations came in crystal fucking clear. And I mean, it even had the uh, rotary adjustment. So we could, mm-hmm. we could get that FM uh, channel as clear as day. And, and then of course, every time the DJ would fuck it up by talking over the intro, <laughs> I was all right. And say, now we got a request better. coming out from <laughs> Barney Pieber and here we're going to play. And here it is. I was literally is. going to say, as soon as you finish that up, I was going to say nothing better than 120, whatever foot antenna coming in crystal clear. So you're going to hear the DJ say yeah. some fucking bullshit at the beginning of every single so song. You, and so, you know, I'm waiting for Sting to sing. Uh, I want my TV and I just oh, hear fuck this you. fucking DJ. That's the one time <laughs> I will say the DJ was right. Yeah. Hey, this one's going out to so and so for their birthday about some other nonsense bullshit. Hey, also, did you hear in the news? They could literally read the entire news for a fucking day yeah. before that intro is done. Uh, oh, that was the best when you were like, well, it's, you know, it's like you record it on a summer day and it's like, well, mm-hmm. it's 85 and sunny and more of the same tomorrow. So we're going to have a beautiful Saturday there. And you're listening to it in December in like yep. on a Wednesday and you're like, oh, fuck, nothing um, worse than hearing about good weather when you're driving so on ice. I, I don't think I still have the tape, but I think there is a tape that existed and it may be in a box that. It was um, some good old, like, it was 50s and 60s mix mm-hmm. of just, like, some of my favorite songs of the 50s and 60s. And on one of them, um, uh, the, um, uh, oh, shit, the song, uh, For Your Love, um, and it's escaping me who it's by right now. For Your Love, I Give yeah. You Everything. Yeah, okay. In the middle of the fucking song, like, when it has, like, the breakdown where it's because the dun, dun. You know, just going through the chord progression. Mm-hmm. DJ pops on, and a special happy birthday to Sally from, like, wherever it was. <laughs> and the whole thing was, like, it pissed me off because you'd get into the song every single time. Yeah. And you'd get the constant reminder. And every time it's like, ah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a jackass. So... The other yeah. thing is, like, you were talking about labeling. You know, you have the guy who goes like, yeah, that's Super Jam Mix. And it's just like Abba's second album. And um, uh, my dad would have the fold-out things, and he would write every yeah. track in, a, in, like, an engineering pen on all those mm-hmm. lines. I think we still have this briefcase. This used to be, like, uh, we would go on vacation. The tape briefcase? Yeah, the tape briefcase. Yep. Uh, it, it, and it was just full of tapes and uh we would like that that would be like in the back so we would have a caprice classic station wagon that would be right behind my brother's head and my dad would be like that ah, we need new tape and then my brother would reach behind his head and slide out this old black beat up briefcase pop it over he's like what do you want and my dad's like ah, simon garfunkel neil armstrong neil armstrong how about neil diamond there you neil, go. Armstrong. neil armstrong i love that no, yeah neil armstrong neil armstrong. one small step for man <laughs> it's literally just an entire tape of that on repeat one, 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 one small step from man. So, in when I was in high school, I had all of my tapes in there because my mom had a combination cassette CD player in her Hyundai Elantra. Ooh, yeah. And she hit a deer, and they went out and they had to empty all the stuff out of it before it was totaled. And so she made the trek trek out to where it was, and she left all the tapes in there, <laughs> and I lost it all there. Oh man, yep, super bummer. You know what's funny though? Like if I remember, you know, 
long after CDs were kind of the standard and moving into more digital, MP3 was getting popular, but obviously MP3 is still not as good sounding as CDs, so CDs were still the standard then. But you, I picked up some old tapes, not like the copies, but like the actual albums on on tape. And my little brother said, hey, you remember that cassette player you I took from you? Well, I have no idea where it is, so here you go. And he handed me this brand new, like, Sony Walkman. I mean, you know, it was, like, old, but brand new. And uh, he's like, here, sorry about that. And I'm like, oh, okay, what am I going to do with a fucking Sony Walkman? So I grabbed some old tapes from my parents' house, and I just remember the clarity of that cassette player was like, well, this is so much better than I remember. Maybe if I wouldn't have just copied all my tapes and listened to the real things that you purchased, I wouldn't have such a bad image of cassette. See, Josh and I, um, a few years ago, actually went to a thrift store and bought up mixtapes. Yeah. Like, because people will just throw cassette tapes in, like, with a, you know, Goodwill or whatever. Huh? And they don't junk those. They put them out on the floor. <laughs> and so you can actually go buy people's mixtapes and... It was just funny. We picked up a couple of them. I don't remember ever listening to them, but this, more of just like, this I just really want this. really sounds like an, L, an, an episode, like the saddest mixtapes we could find the, for this year. Okay. So again, we, we do need to wrap this one up because for an EP, we're pushing 20, we're pushing yeah, 30 minutes, know, but mixtapes, there have been people who have given me mixtapes and mix CDs yeah. from former relationships. Yeah. Just for the judgment uh, that we can actually See, cast upon that, them. That is what we need. That's what we need and to listen to. We'll have to do another series on that. But I will say I have a coworker who who passed me a CD, and I may have already shared this. And I listened like the first three tracks, and I was like, "Oh my god, is she okay? <laughs> like, if she gave you this CD, she was asking for help, man. What what was going on? Like, you should probably check in with her." Uh, so, I, I probably know most of the songs probably came from uh, Bob Dylan's Christmas album, then, if it was that bad. No. No. <laughs> I'll share it with you sometime. I don't want to label anything because we may actually, he yeah. actually really encouraged me to do an episode on it. So at some point, <laughs> at some point. Uh, all right. But on that note, we should probably wrap this thing up. We should. Uh, so, Zeitgeist episode. Look forward to them in the future. But as for this week, I have been Karsten. And I've been Barry. Thank you for sharing your time with us. If you like this episode, we are so sorry. But this has been the Black Door Music Argument, where opinions are always welcome. But are probably wrong. Including mine. We provide the best research Wikipedia offers. So tell all of your friends and your mistress. Or your manstress. Or your other token female friends. But not your grandma. Unless your grandma's fucking cool. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Look for us on Instagram. We're not on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. We don't tweet. Like us on Facebook. Okay, Boomer. Talk about us on MySpace. Or Friendster. Stop trying to out MySpace me. And always remember to clear your browser history. But most of all. Especially important. Super crucial. The ultimate. Baby, Baby it's, it's cold, cold outside. outside.